1: If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required.
2: This is the
1: Busted Open Podcast.
2: You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156.
3: Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer, and I go back to the Rumble and Monday Night Raw. Drew McIntyre wins the Royal Rumble. He's on the road to WrestleMania, punched his ticket to Tampa and WrestleMania 36. Tommy gives his take on Drew winning the Rumble. Also, we talk about Edge. Edge return. Tommy has a great take on the return of his friend, Edge. Plus, we get into the attack from Randy Orton on Monday Night Raw. Also, we play a little audio from WWE backstage with Christian talking about his friend, Edge. And we talk about Benedict Bully. That's right, our very own Bully Ray on the bump going head-to-head. The Wednesday morning wars have begun right here on the Busted Open Podcast. We know our main event for WrestleMania 36, Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre.
4: Yeah, you know, uh, you had asked me my favorite. I said, Drew McIntyre, you said like three of your favorites uh, <laughs> to win it. I don't forget things. I'm a real broadcaster. If I would have said, oh, I wanted Keith Lee to win, like CM Punk did, he or he who he feels should win, you know, it's like, you know, sports broadcast. They never admit when they're wrong or hey, but you at least were played the politically thing where you picked three. I picked Drew. Very, very happy uh, that he won it. And WrestleMania, We're on the road to WrestleMania, and it already feels exciting. I thought it was – they did it up great with you know a lot of fans, and myself, yourself, were talking about what they were going to do with Brock Lesnar coming in number one. And uh, when Drew came in and got rid of him, the place exploded.
3: It really did. And you're right about now
4: being excited for WrestleMania
3: 36 because I got to be honest, before the Royal Rumble on Sunday – I didn't really have high hopes. Now, I know the WWE always knows when to turn the light switch on and get you excited for something as big as WrestleMania. But I didn't know where they were going to go. I, I just didn't have a lot of juice going in to the Royal Rumble. But, man, coming out, I couldn't be more excited for WrestleMania 36 in Tampa. And I think this is a really good matchup between Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre. I mean, Drew McIntyre is somebody when you see him in the ring facing somebody like Brock, it looks like a credible opponent. And I can also see Drew McIntyre beating Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania thirty six. I can also see this being a feud that continues for quite some time. I'm very excited about not just this, but other things that we saw at the Rumble on Sunday.
4: Yeah, um let me tell you, you know, Drew, I was knew Drew when he first came up. Uh, in WWE, I had wrestled Drew. Um, they were had big plans for him uh, a long time ago. If you remember, he was kind of like the handpicked chosen person, and then that fell the wayside to the point where he was actually let go by WWE. And you you look at someone who looks the way he looks, but it was like go out there, find yourself. And I I was the one who got him hired here in Impact Wrestling. He had a nice little run for himself. But what he did was he went out there and he worked everywhere. He worked everywhere in the UK. He he continued on this path to better himself. And then when he came back to WWE, it was, I'll continue that path. He got sidetracked with a little injury. But now, you know, they saw this in him again and he hasn't let us down, you know, and that's through his hard work and all that stuff going in and they're putting the rocket on him and hopefully... uh it continues to WrestleMania, and uh, going into like I remember our broadcast from last week. We both were a little down on the Royal Rumble because we wanted, we expected some more. But yes, like we always say, and, and Bully Ray uh, says, you know, the, the the wrestlers will never let us down, and a show like that really, really is good. And you could also tell by just the fans' reactions, and uh, to the point of. When Edge returned, they actually just kept showing the fans' reactions and they were missing his actual in-rings to never have ever seen like WWE offer up alternative footage of Edge's return because maybe in the truck they were so excited to see what was going on. And and both Royal Rumbles gave us a lot of uh, moments.
3: Yeah, and going back to Drew McIntyre for just a second, Tommy, I mean you talk about maturing and he definitely has done that. When they had that whole gimmick where he was the chosen one, you know he was 23, 24 years old. That's going back to 2009 for crying out loud. Like, that's a lot to put on somebody that young and I'm sure he's made some mistakes and maybe you know, they could have done some better things with him as well and then he hit the bottom of bottoms. He was part of the ultimate gimmick with the three-man band and being a part of that and like you said then moving on from the wwe and kind of redefining himself as you said with tna with impact wrestling and i think that really helped him a lot not only the the maturity level but also in ring i mean when you look at drew mcintyre in ring his presence it's completely different than what it was 10 years ago
4: it's it's a growing uh point and it's it's growing up and growing up in the WWE is one thing, but then losing or thinking your dream is over. But they were also straight up to him and said, go reinvent yourself. And he did that, and then he came back and he was rewarded. And if you think about you know, the whole 3MB uh, band that he was in, uh, if you want to talk about where his career was, someone who returned at the Slammies, Tommy Dreamer, defeated that team. And here's an outside person that doesn't work there with myself, Alberto, and Miz. We defeated him. So how low of lows are is your creative when Tommy Dreamer's coming in and scoring? You know, I didn't get the victory. They made me tag out, but still. <laughs> um, but then he also talked about, and he's talked about this, his maturity level and appreciating it more and almost getting lazy. And you know, he's shown pictures of his body where, A, they're not doing anything with me. I'm not going to work out as hard. No, that's when you have to work harder. And, you know, there's a guy out there who did pretty good for himself. His name is The Rock. It's outwork everybody in the room. And you have to do things like that sometimes. And it's that competitive nature that people – it's hard to understand, but it's that competitive nature where you just catch somebody's eye and, you know, boom. He's a made man in Scotland now, no matter what he does. I mean, he's won the Royal Rumble, continued to – hopefully be the face of the company. And if I'm looking at this match, I enjoyed Brock's performance. I saw something that I never thought I'd see in Brock. Brock looked winded, and he wasn't you know, out there for a long, long time. If I'm using strategy, if I'm Drew McIntyre, I'm going to try to make my match go a lot longer because Brock looked winded. Brock did not look like a guy who uh, was the Brock Lesnar monster towards, you know, I would say... Um, 10 10 competitors in. And he wasn't doing a whole heck of a lot of wrestling. He was doing a whole heck of a lot of eliminating. But once, uh, again, man, when Drew came in, got rid of him, the place exploded because they said, wow, we may see something new. And hopefully that trend continues going to Wrestlemania.
3: You know you mentioned Brock and I want to get I want to get to Brock in just a second because you said something that's very interesting that I was thinking the same thing when I saw him in the ring on Sunday but with Drew and him winning and now you know punching his ticket to Wrestlemania being in that main event against Brock what do you think was going through Drew's head in that moment because there had to be so much here's a guy who hit the lows left the WWE you know Just before WrestleMania 33, getting the phone call that he was going back to the WWE and being a part of NXT, not knowing what the future was going to hold for him, and then knowing that the company is 100% behind you, that they're putting you in a main event match at WrestleMania and having you win the Rumble. I mean, what kind of moment do you think was that for Drew? What do you think might have been going through Drew's head?
4: I don't want to say your life flashes, but it's so rewarding for your hard work, um, especially when you're in the WWE, when, uh, you know, Bubba always says, you know, you're chasing the hug. There's so many times every WWE superstar wants to be champion. They really do. And the reality is that not every single wrestler in the WWE will be champion. And that's the predetermined part of professional wrestling. If someone else says, hey, I want this person to represent my company. But when we talk about moments, there's all these, like, little gratifying things. Like, for me, when, you know, I won the ECW title, I I remember I left the venue to go outside just to call my family. And my daughters were like, Daddy, like, we're so proud of you. And I really didn't win. Uh, I didn't, like, beat up a man for a title. But it was just, like, this such satisfying, like, wow, they saw it in me. And, you know, we're talking about the Super Bowl. Well, these are people who are playing a game, a real game, for their entire, like, since they're kids, and they have their dream at their grasp, and they can achieve it if another... But it's another person's job on the other side of the field who wants to achieve the same dream. In, in wrestling, it's a little different, but when you f- have that moment, it, it's, it's so satisfying. Like, wow. And, and to me it's then my next goal is to win the title. And then my next goal is I need those ratings to continue to be up. There's so many. And, like, I still make goals for myself. And I know there's wrestlers who are so determined to be the best and strive to be the best. And and when I say it's predetermined, the outcomes are. But you know who it's not predetermined to? The fans. And that's why I always went out there and worked so, so hard – Because no matter what minutes I had to go out there and perform, I was going to bust my ass win, lose, or draw, mainly lose, but so the fans could be entertained. And that's our jobs. But as a a WWE superstar, as an independent wrestler, as a wrestler, that's what we do. And if it's my job to make someone look better because a company believes in them more, cool. Because if it was a real fight, maybe I would have beaten up more than half the people that I wrestled. But that's not my job. Because if not, I'd be in the UFC.
3: You know, that's true. And you, you mentioned the Drew side of things. Talk about the company side of things. Like, talk about the WWE making the decision to go with Drew McIntyre. Because, you know, to have you win the Royal Rumble, and we've seen a lot of Royal Rumble Uh, uh, victims and victors when it comes to the last couple of decades. And if you really look at the list, Alex Metz and I did this uh, last week. We kind of went through all the winners of the Rumble like the last 10 years. Not a lot of surprises, not a lot of new names. You know, a lot of the names that you've, you know, you've seen before. This is completely not out of left field because I think a lot of people pick Drew McIntyre. But you would agree that this is kind of a leap of faith when it comes to the WWE. Talk a little bit about, Tommy, like a company getting behind somebody like Drew McIntyre. Because, you know, Roman would have been an easy choice. Randy Orton would have been an easy choice. But, you know, talk about the confidence level that they have for Drew to have him win the Rumble and then be in a main event match against Brock Lesnar.
4: You're looking to sell a stadium. You're looking for the poster. It's the main event. It's the marquee matchup that you're trying to bottom line sell tickets, sell network subscriptions. And if pay per views still exist, sell pay per views. And if you're talking, you made a great point, uh, two great points. One, you're talking about winners of the past. If you looked at uh, Drew McIntyre, and we talk about maturity, his work was not there. I was actually on the first ever live event that he was on against Jimmy Yang, and Jimmy Yang knocked him the hell out. And he had a severe concussion a long time ago. He didn't remember his name. He didn't remember anything. And this was his first live event. And it was kind of like, I don't want to say his fault, but it it was he could have done something different to protect himself. Uh, That maturity level. When you looked at the final four in that ring, and, and at WWE, when I, it was beautiful because it was actually like you got to experience what wrestling fans have clamored for, especially with WWE for a while. You could listen to the crowd. When Edge came in, and, and we'll talk about that, but the rumbling, but if you look at those final four, those final three were all names from the past. And, and though Randy Orton is still on top of his game, Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns, every Friday night is getting these amazing reactions. When Roman Reigns came to the ring, he was getting these amazing reactions. His match with Baron Corbin, great match, amazing reactions. And then all of a sudden, when we had the final four, they're doing nothing. When, when I talked about one of my favorite moments was Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker in San Antonio when they're doing nothing. After seeing 26 men in that match, Four remaining, and the fans start chanting, this is awesome, and they're doing nothing because they're realizing, wow, how special. We have the return of Edge. Could Edge and all these guys could be main eventers of WrestleMania? And this is our love and passion for professional wrestling. And then when Edge got rid of Randy, all of a sudden, when it was Edge and Roman Reigns, if you listen to the crowd, the people then start chant booing. Because they're like, please don't go with Roman again. So here's a guy who we love, a guy who battled back from cancer. But then the fans are like, uh, wait a minute, please don't give us this again. We don't want to see this again. We don't want to see this again. And, and the simpleness of them teetering on the apron, it was amazing storytelling. And then finally when we had got the false finishes or the false eliminations, what a wild ride it took us on. It was a movie. It was a perfectly written story. And then the the happy ending finally happened with Drew winning. But if it was straight up listening. And when we, you know, older wrestlers will tell you about just listen to the audience or waiting and timing. You all got to experience that live if you were there and as well as if you're watching on the network, kind of like a perfect setting. Or if you could be in the mind of a Tommy Dreamer or of an Edge or a Randy Orton or Roman Reigns, it was like, wow. This is like, it was the closest I got to, feeling something live watching it because of the great storytelling that was being
2: had like what you're hearing catch busted open live monday through saturday from 9 a.m. to noon eastern on sirius xm fight nation channel 156 or on demand with the sirius xm app i know you listen to this show
3: intently but i know you've also been a very busy man I wanted Thunder Rosa, and actually what I want I get because it's the Dave LaGreca power rankings. So I had Thunder Rosa at five, and he thought it should be Jon Moxley for winning a number 1 contenders match on Wednesday night. Don't you feel winning a championship trumps somebody winning a number 1
4: contenderships match? Well, they both won matches, but yes, one actually won the title as opposed to the other person who's winning the opportunity to win the title. That's right. So... Uh, if John Moxley wins that title, then he should be on your power rankings.
3: Oh, I, I and did not will. get to
4: listen to the show. I apologize. What were your power rankings? Do you remember? Number five, Thunder Rosa. Yeah, number five was Thunder Rosa. Number four was Becky
3: Lynch. Number three was The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Number two was Charlotte Flair. And number one was who we just spoke
0: about, Drew McIntyre. And, Tommy, absent from those that list would be John Moxley, who won the number one contendership for Chris Jericho's AEW number title. Number seven. Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page, who won the, fir- the AEW Tag Team Champions. Number The eight. first ever AEW title change. And, oh, by the way, Keith Lee, who won the NXT North American Championship on NXT. Number six. Hmm.
4: Wow. Yeah. Well, hey, it's his power rankings. I can see that. But uh, to his point, he won – this is her first title uh, on a major platform. I know he's also begging for a Thunder Rosa calendar. I could drive up to her house if you want. I could try to steal one for you. She didn't send Um, me one. So it's not like I make my
3: decisions based on what people give me because people don't give me anything but grief and shit.
4: Hang on. Drew McIntyre won. Who was two?
3: Uh, Charlotte Flair. You might have heard of her. Daughter of Ric Flair won the uh, Rumble on Sunday. Three, Bray Wyatt the Fiend, your uh, Universal Champion. Number four was Becky Lynch, your Raw Women's Champion, and number five your NWA Women's Champion, Thunder Rosa.
4: I would uh, I would agree with your rank your power rankings. Mm-hmm. I I am a little about the return of Edge. I think that would be uh, up there, but you know what? He didn't win the Royal Rumble, but and then he was taken out. After that. But uh, that would be my only critique of your rumbles. Good job of your ratings. Good job. Thank you. All right. Let's
3: let's get to what's really important. It's not my power rankings or Bully Ray's appearance on the bump later this morning. We'll get into that at some point as well. Um, It is the return of edge and we're going to get into a second. We'll get into what took place on Monday night. But let's go back, you know, to the return of edge obviously a huge huge showing like you said at the rumble i mean the, i i think the place was shaking when he came out at the royal rumble tommy i mean i mean i just the, the the place popped i mean i mean even even bigger than what we saw at the end with drew mcintyre winning and just just an amazing moment for edge on
4: sunday absolutely and uh i will confess to a lot of fans um i'm Super-duper close with Edge. He had confided in me a long time ago that he was going back to WWE. Kind of laid some foundation, kind of fantasy booking with each other. And number one, when we talk about there's a friendship that uh, I love the guy. And I would never betray that friendship uh, for whatever rumors, speculation, anything that comes out there. And also, I don't want to say... I always open up Christmas presents on Christmas, not on Christmas Eve. And for when there was speculation going around around, or all the social media buzz about it, why? Why? I know we like to guess about it or even spoilers. I cannot stand them. So uh, I'm never going to, one, ruin. I wish he never told me because I wanted to see. I wasn't 100% sure he was going to debut at the Rumble, but that was what was on the table. But when you're – and I'll talk about um, my relationship with Bubba, too. When Bubba returned at the Royal Rumble, uh, he literally called me – he texted me and wrote, Fatty, did you see? What would you think? And I wrote, congratulations. And he's like, talk to you later. And here's a guy I talk to, like, all the time. (laughs) That is how we are as professional wrestlers who also have respect for ourselves and our industry. And it's so close to the vest. When I returned to the WWE, uh, and I've told this story before, when we just talk about when I went to um, wrestle with Drew McIntyre, you know, at the Slammies, I literally was driving home from the gym, and then Triple H had called me, and then he was like, "Hey, you want to come to Philly to wrestle tonight?" And I'm like, uh, "Okay," blah 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 blah. The only person I told at that time was Beulah. And I just kept it under wraps. And even when I get there, like, then people in the company are to, hey, are you here? I was hiding. I was hiding in a, in a bus. And it was just so that element of surprise, and I don't feel it's deceiving the fans because the end result is, wow, I got to see something special. Uh, we joke about it, but I was never so mad. And I still, we talk about it, like, when I did not get tickets to the Omni, to see Buzz Sawyer versus Tommy rich. And I got a millennial Falcon millennial Falcons a hell of a gift, but I wanted something else. And I knew I was also getting the millennial Falcon because I found my Christmas present before uh, it was Christmas. So that's kind of always been my philosophy about keeping stuff under wraps. And if anybody's out there listening, that works for WWE. And if you've ever leaked out a spoiler, and you're not a wrestler, or you're, um, you have news and confidentiality. There are so many ways to find out. And if it was my company, I would fire you quicker than I could fire anybody else. And if it was my justice, I would Singapore cane you out the door as hard as I can, many many times, because to me it ruins it for the fans, and there's no payoff for that. To say, hey. By the way, this person is confirmed to be there. There's no payoff for it, so that's that. Now I'm getting angry. No, I'm in I, San Diego. I got to chill. The sun is rising over the mountains. It's beautiful. I live in La Jolla. I'm gonna go surfing.
3: You know what? It's it's. It, I'm I'm gonna try to say I'm I'm gonna try to be the same as you and and stay calm, because it's something that's obviously a bit of a virus throughout the whole wrestling community, Tommy. Where, you know, and and people talk about the dirt sheets and like, I don't know. There's a lot of credible websites out there that I go to when preparing for this show to get information and, and stats and such, you know, to help me along with the narrative while we're talking about these certain issues. But one thing that Doug Mortman and I, declared early on in this show is that we were not going to do spoilers and you never hear on busted open us spoiling an outcome of a match, you know, a TV taping, you know, we never go into any of those things at all. That's not something that we wanted, wanted to do. And it's something that I do not want to do on this show. I I'll never understand why, you know, certain writers feel the need to spoil things. And we see it all the time you know storylines that I'm sure people like you Tommy work very very hard on and there's you know obviously a staff of writers and such that put something together that have a theme and a story that they're working on that takes weeks to work on and will take weeks to play out and then somebody spoils it you know for everybody and then honestly, completely ruins the surprise. And leading up to what we saw on Sunday at the Royal Rumble, I saw a ton of spoilers that I avoided and I just will never understand. That would be like... You know, a big movie that you can't wait to see and somebody like sending out the script of a movie like, you know, I'll do something that's very, very close to the wrestling community's hearts. And that's Star Wars. I'm not I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan, but I know a lot of wrestlers and a lot of writers are, you know, that would be like, you know, spoiling the script of a movie you know, a week before it came out. I will never understand why people would enjoy reading it, and I would never understand why they feel the need for certain writers to put that stuff out there.
4: If I told you that the 49ers are going to beat the Chiefs on Sunday by the score of 38-35, to would you watch the game? I would not. Some people might, some people would, just to see if I was correct. If I also told you, oh, by the way, um, one of the 49ers is going to get hurt, and Jerry Rice is going to show up and uh, catch a few balls, and he's going to score a touchdown. It would be cool. That maybe would people watch, but it's still the Super Bowl. Why ruin surprises? Why? Because it doesn't get that same reaction, or you'll just get the person who says, oh, I knew he was coming, and then they're the bitter negative person. Like a, straight up, Santino. Uh, I had heard Santino was confirmed to be in the Rumble, however that confirmation came that person is a leak that person is a leak in your company and that person should be terminated from their job because they don't have enough respect for their job slash the wrestling fans to be there and it's
3: unfortunate and again i I, I, I don't want to go on a rant because I could I could go on this screaming rant and throwing stuff I'm not going to do it because it's really I'm not, not there not to worth appreciate it, it. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) You know, I would want you to be here because I think you would join in and it would make some good video footage. But honestly, I just – it's – I'm more disappointed than I am angry about it. And like you said, that also means that there are certain people within the company that's leaking that out. And that even boggles my mind because at least, you know, a writer or a website are getting clicks for their website. It helps them, but I would never understand why somebody who actually works for the company would do something like that. Like, what what do they possibly get from doing something like that?
4: Um, nothing. Because if you're giving... And I've told this to people, and yes, I don't even want to say it's an old school value because I'm shocked to learn who talks more and more to people on social media about insider stuff. Uh, It's In your worst day of your life, if, if something bad happens to you, they're still going to report it no matter if you have a friendship with them or not, and may go with news that you may not want out there. and. Because that's their job and that's how they make a living. So, how I'm not saying don't support it, but there's no reason for it. And I used to have, I used to fight with Paul Heyman a lot because he would leak stuff to the internet during ECW. And when I confronted him on it, and this was back when the internet wasn't as accessible, and he was, you know, why? Because I want to catch a buzz for the company because we're sold out and I can't get any more people. In the building, so I want people to continue to say, "Man, I have to be there." That I kind of agreed with. Also, guess what? It was his company, so he was the boss. Didn't uh, co- company didn't continue. Not saying that was the cause of it. There was many, many causes. But when you're the boss, you could do whatever the hell you want. Uh, you know, the Super Bowl or your favorite team. A lot of times, we're happy. We're not happy with management. It, it's a different generation, uh, but. It's just there is no ultimate payoff for who the most important people, the wrestling fans. It that's the bottom line, and that's how I always saw it. Because I've still I'm still a wrestling fan. I could go out there and tell you every single thing that we have planned right now for Impact Wrestling, or what I'm going to do for House of Hardcore. Or you know, if I said, "Oh, me and Edge talked. He's coming back at the Royal Rumble." Would does that make me better than you? No. Would would that be great for the show? No, not really. It would make me look like the jerk, and I, I don't great. want to be the jerk. I want to see forty-five thousand people go crazy when he shows up. And I also loved, love, love, and and I watched that. And like I said, it was a sad day with uh, everything with Kobe going on. I've been watching fans' reactions to Edge's return. Grown men like shaking, uh, you know, p- people with tears in their eyes. For my friend coming back and doing something that he loves, and you know what? There's other better returns. When I saw MVP, and I'm boys with MVP, when MVP showed up, I was like, "Whoa, that son of a bitch! That's awesome for him." But then I also knew, and then he posted it on Instagram. He did. He was like, "Man, I've I've chased my dream. This is for his little son." And I know MVP. <clears throat> he, excuse me, he never wanted to have like kids. He has a son who's his best friend, and that's something his son will remember, how cool his father is, and this like larger-than-life superhero, oh, by the way, that's also my father.
3: Man, it's funny to hear Christian, again, like you, Tommy, talking about his friend, talking about his former tag team partner, and then also talking about somebody who's done it all, being nervous, you know, going into that Rumble on Sunday. You just never would expect to
4: hear Edge say he was nervous. When I put it out there, you know, our moments as performers are your moments, and we share them together. Uh, I got goosebumps for my friend returning to do something that he loved. And there was a part where he really didn't miss wrestling. But, like he said on his promo, you know, there's always the what ifs. And when it's taken from you, a lot of athletes say they have to totally get away from the business or the sport that they've been doing to then appreciate it when you return. And last year for Edge and his wife as well, they, they had some, they experienced a lot of loss, and that's part of life, you know. But Edge lost the, the closest person to him was his mom. And all of that, like soaking in, I just, like, I literally saw him, like, te- take a, a breath, and then, like, Edge kicked in. But if he could have, he couldn't have, but if he would have started to cry, because you know to me he's the world is looking at him and then higher above his mom's sitting there proud of him and just the shape that he got himself in and as well as like just that moment and you have 45 to 46,000 people just in shock and chanting your name there, there there's nothing like it it's it's the uh, it's the I always say wrestling is the worst drug Because we crave for those moments. And at times, wrestling gives us those moments. And for him, when you're told you, if you can do, you take another bump, you could be crippled for the rest of your life. Hey, I got to leave. But then when they say, hey, by the way, you you know, you might be able to do this again. It's like, huh? I could still pursue my dream. And then you become that kid who was at, you know, he was at Wrestlemania with uh, Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan. And this is just like, you know, the Super Bowl's coming up. People play this game since they were kids, and they've loved football, just like how, as wrestlers, we love uh, wrestling since we're kids. That's how we first get hooked. For the ones, for a lot of them who make it, make it, it's not like, oh, I'm going to come this in as a business, because there's very few people that were like, uh, let me just come in, do this little wrestling thing, and then, leave there. there's not a lot of people that made it in the business who had that men- mentality and for those that did they actually became fans later because they respect it more
3: and you know what like you talk about respecting it more i'm sure edge even though he was nervous enjoyed that moment so much more because like you said it was taken away from him he never thought he'd be able to do it again and here he is being a man i mean not everybody gets those second chances and now he's going to be able to dictate when he leaves. He wasn't able to do that the first time. You know, he was forced to retire when he when it's all said and done, and he is completely done with pro wrestling. It's going to be on his
4: terms. Absolutely, and so it should be, especially for someone who's had such uh, an amazing career. But you know what? For anybody, there's a time when you like uh, you mentally check out. Or you're just stagnant, or you just like you know what? What else do I have to accomplish? You could look at like someone like Matt Hardy, who maybe they're not doing the best with him right now, and it's it's not about money for certain people. I knew it wasn't about money for me when I when I had left, but there are times where you know it's just like man, I wish WWE would have done this with me. I wish this would have happened for me, but you know for Edge, he accomplished everything. That there is to accomplish. He main evented WrestleMania. He's won every single title. And then it's like, it's still like you, you think you're going to go out well, how everybody wants to go out, you know, either at WrestleMania or this is going to be my last match here. And, but when somebody else tells you you can't, that's a whole other story. And, you know, for him, I, I couldn't be prouder for his return. His return Monday night wasn't uh, <laughs> didn't work out for him, but I think if he comes back, which he will, we'll have one hell of a storytelling and great physical match of Randy Orton versus Edge at WrestleMania.
2: Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the SiriusXM app
3: you know no one coming out to help edge they're not being that uber baby face that would come out to help edge listen uh let's buy in a little bit here uh because i think if there was a run in or if they there was somebody that came to help in that segment it would have taken away from the magic that took place on monday night
4: correct and if he's talking you know when he referenced the edge heads um, uh, this is nothing against them that was a part of the gimmick with with Edge. Also, nobody really, they don't do a lot with Zach and Kurt for make people to care if they were killed by Randy Orton or taken out or RKO'd. And then it could also get babyface pops for a guy who you want to, uh, have that, uh, heel heat. And yes, you know, I could see, I would have liked to see maybe, or on social media, the, uh, Like what happened afterwards? How they're slowly taking him out of the arena because you would again see these faces of, oh my God, this guy just came back and then he just got injured. Maybe then you have somebody by, you know, a stretcher job, which is a real deal. And you know, also if you want to think, and I I say this jokingly, but when you're the main event, because trust me, me and Edge would travel a lot. There'll be a lot of times I was the only person there. Because most of the wrestlers want to beat the traffic outside of, you know, all the fans leaving the venue. Yeah. And there's not a lot of people back there. And it's the last segment on the show. Uh, That really, that's a real deal. Um, But this is, you know, there's been a book of Edge. And this is the new book of Edge. And this is, you know, his return was chapter one. But chapter two, we just saw the first sentence of Randy Orton and Edge.
3: And listen, you're giving me Randy Orton and Edge at WrestleMania, I'm all in. Like seriously, like that's that's a match that I would love to see. And we talk about Edge and how great Edge is and there's no doubt about it. But man, Randy Orton is something special. I always say on this show he gets overlooked and it's a shame because that guy is just is just unbelievable and you know, he's somebody that is underrated about how good he is in the ring. And he's one of the greatest wrestlers right now in 2020.
4: Yeah, he'll be, uh, he's, uh, you know, it's funny. I was listening to and thinking of guys' ages when Edge said his age. And then, you know, Randy is now 40. And it's, you think of all that they have accomplished. They also accomplished stuff together. Randy is one of those third-generation wrestlers because, you know, he grew up in the business. He also grew up... uh, mentally as you know a performer and going from a kid in the business with getting handed a lot of stuff to then appreciating a lot of stuff to then being a leader and that maturity comes with just what we said maturity and like if we're talking this is also a Super Bowl I'm watching like Tom Brady and Drew Brees out there and they're having one last you know gunslinger type of reactions and we're like wow these two guys well one is already a hall of famer but like this is we're watching greatness unfoil and then oh my god what happened with greatness right here it was great
3: yeah it, i i know and and it's going to be a story that we're going to love to hear as we get closer and closer to wrestlemania i asked the question before we went to break as well where's bully I don't know if you got to hear yesterday's show. Um, And, of course, nobody tells me what's going on. Matt Camp calls in to promote Bully's appearance on The Bump today. Alex Metz, our producer, isn't even listening to the show today. He's watching The Bump. Like, uh, I I am sure, Tommy, and I make this prediction right now, that this will be the highest-rated bump in the history of The Bump. Now how long's the
0: bump been on like 6 7 years? The bump? Couple, couple months. Oh. It's going to be the highest rated bump of and all time. And by the way, give me a little bit more credit than that. I can multitask. I'm doing both. No, I'm can't. closely no, monitoring can't. the no, situation can't. on the bump and also no, paying attention to what's going on
4: here on the bus. Gabby. So Gabby's running right. the show, to so say you. Listen, know. Listen, so we You're got welcome. uh She's doing a We got job. the Wednesday night wars between AEW and NXT and now you know, I've been noticing that this whole bump thing—they've been trying. You know, last week no. was Stephanie McMahon going up against Tommy Dreamer, and uh, I killed her in the ratings. Mm. And now, like they—they they went with within man. This is like the NWO. This is like an invasion, man. This is this is bigger than WCW and WWE. This is Lex Luger showing up at. Uh, no. Nitro, when Bully Ray went to the other show.
3: Let me tell you something. D-
4: Let me tell you something,
3: Tommy. And listen, you're guilty of this too. You're you're a guy last year that went, again, Matt Camp. Uh, he hosted a show at Matt Camp on the Fantasy Channel at the same time as Busted Open. This seems to be a trend with Matt Camp. Let me tell you something. I'm going to say this right now. And this isn't just for talk show fodder on the show. This is coming from the heart and I'm being completely honest when I say this, Matt Camp's a piece of garbage. And the reason that I know it is that he's trying to get the shine of Busted Open. One, by finding how, I don't know how he did it, found his way on this show and being somebody who was a part of this show. You vouched for him. I did. And then, now going up against our show and then poaching our own host for his show. Let me tell you something, Tommy everybody on Twitter and on social media are calling this the Wednesday morning wars <laughs> it takes two to tango and the bump doesn't come close to bust it open it doesn't come close in the ratings to bust it open and it certainly doesn't come close to the loyal busted open na- I don't hear anybody talking about the bump nation nobody, to, nobody not now one person has ever said that. I don't even know what you would call the nation of bumps, bumpies? Bumpies. No one's ever said, "Oh, I'm a I'm a loyal bumpy." No, no one's ever said that. I don't see any fat heads of Matt Camp or Tony Braxton either. Kayla. And listen, I get, <laughs> Tony I get, Braxton. and I get like, I get like the Tony Braxton Grammy Kayla. Award winner. I get that like her her music career is kind of slowed down, but I don't think there's. Listen, there is no guilt in saying that you are once a top 40 performer. So I don't understand why she's completely not even talking about her singing career at all on the bump. It's it's
0: Kayla. It's a different person. By the way, I don't think you have really much to worry about here, guys, because uh, Robbie E. or Robert Strauss or whatever he's just calling himself now, he just called in via Skype onto the bump, so I think
4: everybody turned it off. So.
0: I actually so Drew like Mac- Robbie.
4: They had Drew McIntyre into on Rob- the show into Robert Stone into Robbie. Yes, wow. So I think everybody turned it off. Well, Robert Stone with Bully Ray. Is Bully Ray there?
0: Bully Ray
3: hasn't shown up yet. I because you know what I'm, and this I would not put it past the bump or the WWE Network. First of all, that tells you the programming knowledge of the WWE Network that they canceled Hidden Gems. And a a show like The Bump is on.
4: Am I wrong here, Tommy? The person that you got fired, which then resulted in... Nice. You love me again. The person you got fired, they probably replaced him with this idiot who then (laughs) went and hired Matt Camp from House of Hardcore. So he's he's part of that whole list, him and Vic Joseph, what happened to his career. And uh, so, you know, they'll get their own. It's called karma, baby. I don't just don't. Un- I just don't understand. They're trying to start a fight with us, and I'm not.
3: I'm not buying in. I'm well, not, David. No, I'm not buying in to the Wednesday morning wars. It's
4: not happening because that- they've dabbled a little bit with Mark Henry. They've kind of you know oh, taken yeah. Mark Henry every oh, yeah. once in a while. Oh yeah. Who I'm- goes down with the ship in ECW? It was Tommy Dreamer. Who's going to go down the ship with busted? That's Earthen? right. It'll be me and you. We're the heart and soul. Screw that fat bastard, Bully Ray, doing another show. How dare you!
3: Tommy, dare you. If Tony Braxton or Matt Taylor. Camp called you tonight and said, "Hey Tommy, we'd love for
4: you to be on the bump." What would you say? I said, "I'm contractually obligated to the only company in wrestling that I'm contractually obligated to is Sirius XM, right. and I'd have to check with my boss to see if I'd be allowed to do it." Thank I, you very much. I will I do another, this. May have another show. I will I'm do campaigning this for my own show.
3: I had Matt Camp on, we took a phone call from Matt Camp. I challenge right now, right now, at WWE The Bump and at Matt Camp, I challenge, challenge Matt Camp to put me on The Bump. If he's got balls or he's got bumps, he'll,
4: he'll put me on The Bump. So, balls. wait a minute. I just said I'm going to stay here with you, but yet you're trying to get booked on the bump. No, I'm not trying to get booked on the bump. I want an open
3: debate with Matt Camp on the bump.
4: I'll As uh, I'm book holding you my in a B match Brian against Blair him.
3: And my Greg the Hammer Valentine action figures while I'm saying this.
4: Maddie you want me to book I, you Maddie Maddie in a match? Because he's
3: got Maddie no balls. Die. He won't do it. Balls.
4: You want me to book it at April 11th, uh, House of Hardcore? I'll book Where's it in Philadelphia. To... Right there. I'm hometown. you right
3: now. I'm telling you right now as we speak. Matt Camp, I challenge you. If you got the guts, if you got the balls, if you got the gonads, have me come on the bump. You take Mark Henry. You take Bully Ray. I know you've tried to take Tommy Dreamer. Come at me. Come on. Let's go. You, I'm talking to you. Let's go. He won't do it.
4: Plus, he's an Eagles fan.
3: Because Tony Braxton's got
2: his balls in a bag. In a bag! Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up?